The coolest that ever came out of Alabama was Truman Capote, Tallulah Bankhead, and me. That's it. Hey yo, it's good New York. It's the Harvester Colin Atrophy. my funk flex sound effects i'm mashing up all my hot 97 references i got the funk flex i got the mr c the finisher um i could do something what does ebro do avion tequila mix it with a little pineapple bong you got yourself a drink yeah that's right so uh listen uh this is episode 14 of radio harvester what we talk about when we talk about pizza and the guest this month is Brontes Purnell of the band Younger Lovers, who, no joke, and this is not uh, about ass-kissing, my guests are one of my favorite bands, period, hands down. It's great music, and it's really good for this time of year. It's summer, summer jams, ha- absolutely. Listen, let me, let me tell you something. Tape some kind of speaker to your handlebars. I don't care if it's the future and it's a Bluetooth, or if it's a cassette tape, or if it's a goddamn Victrola pump thing with one of those big uh, bells on top. Uh, tape that thing to your bike and bike around. It's the summer. It's an evening. You've got a crush on someone. Probably think about them. Bike around. Listen to that younger lovers. It's good. That's a good way to live. Okay? So here it is. Here's Brontes. He's going to be talking. He's really charming. And I think he's got a lot of fun stuff to say and pertinent stuff to say and blah, 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 blah. So there we go. Let's go. Let's go. or 17 like I was in this band called the socialize like with like the one other black riot girl in Alabama okay my friend Tamika who actually still lives in Alabama and we were on we were on um, we would just go on but you remember book your own yeah of course I remember book yeah your own we like would just like sit there and read book your own life all day to see what other <laughs> punks were in Huntsville that we could meet. And oh, you're from out. Huntsville? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, actually outside of Huntsville, like, try, I'm, I'm in the county. Huntsville was the city, if you okay, can yeah, call yeah. it that. I think growing up down south, I feel like punk was mostly, it was mostly, I feel like it was mostly white kids. Um, was that like? I mean, but I was lucky because I was in a band with like, I don't know how it happens, like in like, like kind of like rural Alabama, I found one other black girl who was in the Bikini Kill yeah. who started a band. I got me bitch. I got bitch in me head. I got And I moved to Chattanooga in 2001. Okay. I was only there a year, right. but I had been hanging out there, like, just going to shows there for maybe, like, two years before that. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, um, and then I met this hippie boy from Bloomington, and I ended up, like, moving to Bloomington for six months. I don't know, Bloomington was just, like, weird. It yeah. was, like, I had grown up down south, you know what I mean? So I was never quite used to, like, one thing was, like, you know, like, people always say, like, if you're black, you're a minority in America, but, like, down south, there's hella, like, 
down south in the east coast there's hella black people so you right. never feel that but then like i moved to bloomington like i remember the first day i was jogging around this like black dude came up and like hugged me like weirdly <laughs> hugged me and was just like hey man where have you been and i was just like where have i what are you talking about what do you like, mean? yeah but then like it was just like oh wait like i'm in the midwest like and also just like i don't know like it was just like that scene was a little more cupcake and it made me realize that growing up kind of like or like being around chattanooga punks i definitely had some yeah, those, grown man proclivities kind of grimy age. yeah man it was fun you know it was fun though i like, yeah. think back for like for like a little gay boy who had been like with a lot you know it was right. a good scene to come into yeah it was, like, sure. a good, it was it was cool like i have like a younger cousin who's like gay and black but he like goes to church and shit. And I like, go back to Alabama, I'm like, don't you feel oppressed or whatever? And he's like, oppression, what are you talking about? Like, but like that's, there's definitely a segment of that where like you can be a gay black dude down south as long as you like act well behaved and like sing in the choir. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but that wasn't, I was too pagany, you know, and drunk. Like, that was never gonna like <laughs> yeah, yeah, be yeah. my life, you know? Yeah, totally. So like, yeah, I do like always contend that like, most of my life has been spent amongst like straight white men you know a big part of like the like politics i absorbed the big part of everything was like these guys like kind of filtering in and like huh. handing me like you know in any type of weird literature like right, most totally. of my older idols like i'm like this young black gay kid and this older white guy who like wants me to play guitar and wants me to know who bukowski is you know what i'm saying like yeah. it's kind of like it's weird I'm, it's not even mine but it's just like I think it's very peculiar you know yeah for sure and not always like necessarily even like a negative thing like I was I was very loved by these men yeah it doesn't very, sound like you're yeah you don't sound negative at all I was very cherished by these men you know what right. I mean like they were like some of them were father figures you know like, sure for lack of a better word so I'm always trying to like contend with that or like what that meant or what necessarily that like taught me or right. you know I don't have any real answers for it either. But then sometimes I also think like, there's like my father, there's my father who kind of like, my parents were never married and my dad is like worked for the railroad, my biological dad, me and him didn't grow up together. But my father, he spent most of like his adult life on the road with like crazy white redneck dudes. Like my dad like grew up in Southern Alabama, like taking me hunting, like there'd be like a dead deer in the back of the pickup truck and we're like blasting <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. He's like getting wasted. He like, you know, when I was 12, it used to be like, he would rail me for being Christian. He'd be like, you know, the fucking, they killed us black people. I can't believe your mom takes you to that bullshit, you know? Like, and so like in this weird way, like of course, like, if you have a dad like that, it's not gonna be hard for you to like accept some like outlaw dude as like right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. kind of like saviors. You know. Yeah, so that I makes also a think I sense. was like predisposed to like mm -hmm. have like nihilist ass punk dudes as like my mentors or mentors, yeah. lovers, and you know like yeah. So it does. I mean, I don't know. It makes a lot of sense in some ways. You know, like. So then you, you leave Bloomington, you go, you end up in Oakland? Yeah. No, I always had a reference for Oakland because actually, have you been to Eli's Mile High yet? My grandma's brother played blues there in the 60s and 70s. He was
was kind of like one of the bigger West Coast blues guys. He had worked with like Etta James and Creedence Clearwater Revival. What's his name? JJ Malone. Cool. I have like his records at home. Yeah, his, okay. Actually his record is him like standing outside of Eli's. His band partner was this white guy named Troy's Key who had bought <laughs> Eli's because Eli's became a club. There was this guy Eli right. who was like a drug dealer or something and one night one of his mistresses shot him and killed him. So the guy that was in the van with my uncle bought Eli's after that, and then they started putting out blues records. Okay. So, yeah. So he would come back to Alabama. So you asked me how I got into punk. Like, I mean, I also had my uncle who was like, when I was like 12 and 13, coming back and like teaching me like blues shit. Right. Guitar. You know what I mean? That really, it, it makes sense. I love Younger Lovers, by the way. I don't know if I told you this. Oh, yeah. But I, I have all their records. They're fantastic. But, uh, it's so obvious that you learn how to play guitar from a blues guy. Or like, I mean, not yeah. so obvious, but hearing you say that, it becomes clear, like, I can hear it in the in the albums, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. So the, the, like, simplicity of some of the guitar parts that you write, it makes sense. When I was like, when I was like five, I used to like sit my dad down in the living room and act out scenes from Flashdance because it was my favorite movie. Um, and then I used to like, um, you know that Janet Jackson video, Pleasure Principle? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cause, and then I, my mom used to sit me in front of BET when I was young and I'd be like, oh, I want to be a dancer that lives in the warehouse. And so I got to California and like I always like danced at shows and I always enjoyed dance, but I started going to Laney College and they had a dance program there. And I feel like growing up down south, there just wasn't that type of access to like, right. Or like dance was never seen as an option. It's like if you're a boy, you go play basketball or football. You have a dance company. Yeah. Oh, you've never. I'll, I can send you the video. We've done a cool. We've done yeah, a whole like do. Super Eight film. So, What's your um, dance company called? Brontes Pernell Dance Company. Okay, cool. Which I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it's been cool doing that, and it's cool like how much, how it's a company that's. I don't know, it's pretty much informed by like my punk life, you know what I mean? Like That's what I was gonna ask. Like how did it go from I'm in school studying dance to I have a dance company now? I was actually on academic probation. <laughs> like I was on academic probation and like um um I was doing <coughs> a lot of work. Like like I had been in this like African company for about five years. And that was like really fun. Um, but then it was like, I was also feeling like, I was feeling like really like kind of like, um, disillusioned with kind of rock and roll at the time. Like right. I was just kind of like, I was just kind of like, I don't know, garage rock was bumming me out just cause it's just like, it's kind of just like a bunch of normal straight white Garage dudes. rock is a f***ing bummer. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. Like I, I play it cause it's pure and it's like where I came from. But when you think about the overall of like who you have to like be with and impress it's like you're gonna who the it's, fuck are these douchey normal it's not a freak scene i have too much self-destructive beautiful creative energy right. to like you know what i'm saying sit around with this waste on these idiots so yeah. i wanted to, yeah so i wanted to, i wanted to kind of like do something else i danced in gravy train forever right you know what i mean like so i was kind of like feeling like i wanted to do something like more physical where i could just like throw my body into it again. yeah totally and so it was i got a call from the berkeley art museum and what's funny is that they actually, you know, because at the time too, I wanted to like change it up because I mean, people still remembered me as like this like 
young drunk slut who was just dancing around in his underwear. Right. You know? So they called me up and wanted me to do like an underwear party at the Berkeley Art Museum. Can you even f***ing imagine that? <laughs> yeah, that's but it's, I like I was like well actually like I'm working on this like film right now and also I'm like I'm like oh I'm working on this film oh at the time like I was working on this dance film like right. I had gotten really into like I really got into like Maya Duran and Yvonne Rayner okay like, just like their films and stuff and I was just like I want to make like dance for film you know and then um, I wanted I wanted to preview it, but then I also wanted to like you know like have my dance company perform. Right. So the lady that was programming it that night was programming for that night. I was like kind of like, oh, can I have my dance company come? And she was just like, you're what? Like it was so far removed. Like I kind of had to like sneak it in there. You know okay. What I mean? But then I got it in, and like the head programmer there really liked the job, so he asked me back next summer to curate. Cool. So kind of started like that and snowballed you know and so now like um you know we've been doing pretty good we got two grants last year that's rad um and then i just got back i taught a performance workshop at the montreal pop festival in september oh sick that's yeah. awesome so i don't know just so um, yeah that's cool do you think i don't know i actually don't have any follow-up questions i think we can wind down anything you want to say on the radio Anything you've always wanted to say on the radio that you never got a chance to say? <laughs> Fuck shit. <laughs> <laughs> These rubbers. Um, no, I'm good. Okay, thank you so much to everybody in the world. No, 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 not, no thank you to lots of people. No thank you to racist, white supremacist cops and uh, the effed up sexist frat dudes and people like that. But um, thank you, big thanks to uh, the uh, my friend Brontes for talking to me. Uh, look him up online. Find out where his things are going on. He's he's always doing stuff. He's really cool and fun. And his bands are great. And his dancing is cool. And so just just you know, do, look at do, it's gonna it's it, it it benefits you. Okay, it benefits you to do, to do this thing that I'm suggesting. So just do the thing that I'm saying is gonna benefit you. All right. And uh, thanks to Lakara Occulta that wrote the theme song. Thanks to whatever other songs I sampled for a few seconds. I don't remember already. One of them was in fact. Brontes' high school band Social Lies, who happened to be on YouTube. So, uh, there's that. Also, J.D. Malone, obviously, Brontes' uncle, I think, is on there. I haven't put it in yet, but I think I'm going to put it in. If it wasn't there, uh, please don't be mad at me. And uh, thank you to DJ Bosch at FMU. Thank you to FMU. Thank you to all punks worldwide. Thank you to my friend Becca Giordano for helping me pick out this Ramon song. And uh, F. Billy Joel, F. Your Negative Attitude. We are the punks. No cops, no creeps. Peace in the pizzeria. Harvester out.